and I'll try to speak loudly, so just let me know if I need to turn it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to keep this pretty short, and since I haven't given a public talk about my art since before COVID times, I have a script um, because I'm nervous, so <laughs> just full disclaimer. Um, I just first want to say thank you to um, Banel for hosting me, and especially to Bree Lee, who helped me do the install. This was um, kind of our brains meshed together to put this all together, and I just really appreciate all your time and effort, so thank you. Um, and also want to mention that this whole body of work would not be created without the financial support from Rasmussen Foundation, the Puffin Foundation, and um, the Alaska State Council on the Arts, which I'm just so incredibly grateful for their trust in, in my making and, and a continued conversation um, with their support. So a little bit about me. My name's Katie Ione Craney, and I'm named after my, great, or my grandmother, who was Shirley Ione. It's a family name, and her mother was blind. Um, her name was Marietta. And so thinking about her story and her history, we don't very, really know very much about her. And um, she had to give up her children for adoption. And so there's just a lot of layers and complications with family history. And so that was kind of part of the reason for wanting to um, dive into some of these things that I'll talk a little bit more about. Um, I live in Deshu, which is a Tlingit word. Um, it means beginning or end of trail, and that's also Haines in southeast Alaska, if you've been. Um, it's kind of hard to get to, so talk about accessibility in Alaska. Um, it's kind of challenging to live there, but also really lovely. And um, so I guess I'll start off with just a little bit about um, a general overview. A lot of the pieces in this show are kind of an extension and a reflection on people who've influenced and inspired me. Um, you'll see throughout the, the artist statement and in the labels and within the work itself, there's a lot of names of brilliant thinkers and advocates and people just doing really incredible work. And um, I'm just really grateful for that. And so I've also included this reference library. So you can dive in deeper, come back, um, spend time with it. And there's um, even a book from the library here too. So. Um, I haven't been to your library yet, but I imagine I've heard that it's really good. So um, anyway, just wanted to point that out. And also collaboration is just a really important part of my practice. And so just tying in other voices, other names, other people, perspectives um, is kind of critical to my thinking. And I think that has always been the case, but I think the pandemic definitely heightened that, living in a really isolated community. Uh, we didn't even have Wi-Fi at home when it hit, and we we're just like, okay, well, good thing I have a wall of books. And <laughs> um, so it's been a lot of this work kind of emerged out of that time of just really being quiet and thinking about um, how to connect with people in deeper and more meaningful ways. Um, so this is the first exhibition that I've made with um, accessibility in mind from the beginning of the entire process. And so many of the pieces are meant to be physically engaged with. And some of that is, it's, it's definitely more on the sight and sound. Um, but there's also pieces where I'm asking you to physically participate and give back. So I'll talk about the piece. Um, let me backtrack. Um, a little bit about why I decided to, to create work that's physically meant to be engaged with. I'm really interested in how we're always told not to touch especially in gallery spaces and how arts like this 
this, it is a precious thing and it's a beautiful thing, but I think it, there's so much more that we can do with it and activate it. Um, and I'm interested in that power dynamic as well of, of just shifting that form of engagement, especially in public art spaces. And um, so there's a lot of different access points and entry points. And I like thinking about that with this work of like, well, if I created something that was meant to be touched, well, how can I create it to go further than just touch? Um, what are other conversations that the pieces can have? Um, so yeah, many works are made with Braille and there's a couple other things that are um, accessible throughout the show. All the work is actually placed lower on the wall. So the average height is usually 57 inches from the floor the, the, for the center point. And these are at 54, which is kind of the maximum for accessibility. Usually it's between 40 and 50. Um, and that's, that's for wheelchair users to be able to experience work and, and, other, um, and other users too. And um, a couple other things, there's the sound pieces. They have um, these symbols on them. So any work that you see that has the okay to touch and then the audio description available, those are pretty common throughout um, spaces so that people know how to access them. And so the audio description on those two pieces is like in this piece in, this piece in particular, the glacier piece, um, it's basically if you couldn't hear or anyone who has hearing loss, that sound description is my attempt to try to share with you what I hear. But it all is subjective in a way, right? So what you're just trying to connect um, something recognizable to help somebody experience, experience the work the way that maybe you would like them to experience it. Um, so I do want to also mention... Um, <laughs> I'll pop around. Um, the, um, the Braille slate that I'm holding, so I learned to write Braille maybe, or I'm not, <laughs> I'm learning to write Braille. I can't say that I've learned it. Um, I, I hand write it. So this is a Braille slate and this is a full page. I hold my little tape dots because I'm constantly using little tiny pieces of paper and things. Um, but it's a six cell, um, as you've seen in probably throughout the work, it's like a six cell per letter. But then there's a grade one braille, which is a letter for letter transcription. And grade two braille is a contracted braille. So a lot of the pieces are not uh, letter for letter. It just depends. So like the piece behind the gentleman here in the red cap, um, that piece is a letter for letter transcription. Whereas the my show statement and the, um, labels that I've had transcribed in Braille, those are contracted. So it makes it a little bit easier for a more advanced Braille reader to actually read faster than just letter for letter. As, as you learn, you actually become quicker at the process. Um, so I use a program called Braille, Braille Translator and you're actually writing the mirrored image. So it'll, you put in your, your language, whatever you want to be in Braille, and it'll give it back to you in the dots and you can have it mirrored so that you can write it because you're actually writing it backwards on the slate and stylus for it to appear or feel um, correctly on the front of the page. So you're constantly thinking like backwards writing, which is really fascinating. Um, and you're using this tiny little, this is a pretty small, um, they call it a stylus. And it's basically um, like an awl if you're familiar with that. And that's 
Um, I was just letting Bree know the other day, this book is really great from the library, which tells a brief story about how Braille came to be, uh, Louis Braille. Um, he actually went blind from hurting, injuring his eye with an awl in his dad's workshop when he was a child. And so it's really fascinating to think that like you're writing with the similar tool. Um, so pretty, pretty cool story there. Um, and so I'll just talk a little bit about the pieces that are meant to be activated. And since we were talking about the I am alive piece, um, which is this piece here with a big piece of drawing paper. So that's a stack of 52 playing cards originally. And they all say the same thing on them, I am alive, in grade one braille. So it's a letter for letter transcription. And I would love for you to take a card home with you. And in exchange, you write something, draw something, share something with the rest of us. Um, so you can just use the, the negative space um, as you take the card to write your little, little note or whatever you want to add to it. Um, there's a couple other pieces to be activated uh, behind the gentleman in the green coat. There's a piece called Carry Me. And I made uh, these clay blueberries that you can hold in your hand. And if you'd like, you can um, take a photograph of your hand over the berry patch and send it to me. And I'd love to make a collage of all of our hands in the berry patch. Um, something, kind of, something kind of fun. Um, what else? I'll talk, I talked about the sound pieces. I hope you play with the puzzles and you mess with the pillows. The pillows can be touched. They're really cool. <laughs> um, and, oh yeah, um, the card, these are um, the photographs that Bree's holding up. This piece was, um, it has a long story, but really what I wanted to do was um, thinking about how we share visually our images when we post online. A lot of times we're not, a lot of people just don't even know or don't realize that you can add alt text or an image description and that helps anyone who can't see or has a um, low vision or is blind um, to be able to know what that photo is on your website or on your social media page. And so thinking about that, I did an open call for submissions and I had over 52 people send me photographs from all over the world. It was pretty cool. And I had a couple of optional questions. And some of the questions were, um, do you have any smell or other sensory memories that pop up when you think of this photo or when you see this photo? And another question was, do you add image descriptions? And if you do, could you share some, like two sentences with me about your photo so I could learn a little bit more about it? Um, and so it was really fun to just see how people interpreted that. And I had to put the cinnamon buns up there, the cinnamon rolls, because the story, it was submitted anonymously too, which I really love, but I personally know um, the person who sent it. But her story was, just being in her mother's kitchen and like all the kids fighting over the best cinnamon roll, which is the center. Um, <laughs> and so it was really neat to just like think about all these little stories that if you're not, you know, if, if you don't include that in your image description or alt text, you can really um, elevate what you're sharing in a poetic way, which I thought was really cool. So you can hold the, um, the cards up there in playing card cases and they're all photo transparencies and you can hold them up to the wall and see if there's a matching image description for the 
um, for the pieces. There's a lot of photos in there, so definitely um, thumb through them and hold them up. They're pretty fun. Um, let me see. I think there's maybe just a couple more things to note, and then I'll open it up for questions. Um, Yeah, I think I just want to say thank you for coming, <laughs> really. It's been such a joy to put this all together, and it's been in my mind for a couple of years now, so it's been um, just a, a pleasure to finally see it all in real life, and um, I just really appreciate you being here. So thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'm happy to answer questions or if people want to talk. Yeah. Great. My great grandmother. We don't know, but she was. Um, she, from a young age, we knew that she was blind because she did go to a school for the blind, which is where she learned to read Braille. Um, we have a photograph of her from when she was like nine or 10. And that's the only photo we have of her at that time. And she had really dark glasses on and it was from the a school for the blind. Yeah, I wish I knew. <laughs> well, thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, Tony? Uh, knowing a little bit about your life and your work with social media and such, um, when I think about things that I know about you, it relates a lot to place. So I'm just curious how else, or how you feel like place relates to some of this work you do. Yeah, well, thank you. That was a part of the talk that I was like, oh, I should bring that up. Um, so laced throughout a lot of the work is imagery of blueberries and glaciers. And I feel like when I'm near those places or when I'm picking berries, when I'm at a glacier, that's when I feel the most alive. Like it's just something primal about it. And so I was thinking about this show and I really wanted it to be mostly about accessibility, but I also felt like there needed to be an overall theme and um, aliveness is kind of what the theme was that I settled on. And I feel like as Alaskans, as we travel around the state, like I could, if I'm in a berry patch, I know I'm, I'm okay, like comfortable. Does that make sense? Like I go to Anchorage and I'm like, ah, like I, I need to be like somewhere where I feel like I can put my hands in the, in this tundra and, um, see the ice. I don't know. There's something about that that is very grounding. So I hope I answered your question. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I feel like I, I know, right? I think it's the magenta color of the actual blueberry juice from picking berries. I think that's my favorite color. <laughs> And then real quick, Katie, do you want to um, just mention briefly the, the accordion books and sure. the donation? Yeah. Sure. Thanks, Bree. Um, so the accordion-styled books on the wall, I received a grant to make those pieces. And I'm offering them to you as a gift. And if you'd like, you could make um, a donation to the Independent Living Center. Um, or if, if that's not in your budget, we, you know, you're welcome to basically just connect with Banel staff if you'd like one. Um, but it was pretty pretty fun to figure out how to display that piece too. I'm really happy with how they turned out. So um, yeah. Can, can, you, can you talk more about uh, collaboration? Because you collaborate, I think, 
it seems like more with with books and maybe through social media and so on rather than directly with other artists. Can you talk about sure. how, how you do that, what you get from it? Yeah, that's a great question, Nancy. Thank you. Um, I feel like I'm very introverted, <laughs> and so books are like my safe place. Um, so I do read a lot, and um, I feel like I'm constantly seeking new books, poems um, out, especially specific themes. And I sometimes feel like I'm not very good with words, and so I really appreciate a well-crafted sentence. And so I feel like I have done quite a bit of collaboration with authors and wordsmiths more so than artists for that reason, because I feel like their words are what keep me going. Um, but I have been doing more collaboration with other artists, like the puzzle pieces, for instance. Um, that is kind of an appendage of um, the In a Time of Change program through you. I was a part of this last year, and um, a gal that I collaborated with, we made a puzzle for that show as well. Um, about fireweed, which was cool to keep the theme going. And, um, and then the piece behind you, actually, the, the title of the show, um, For a Moment We Exist Together For a Moment, those cards are made uh, by a gal in Washington on her letterpress. And then I brailled over them. So that was a really beautiful collaboration uh, with a printmaker, which I hadn't done before. Which I'm open to more artist collaborations, but I think my, my niche is with words. <laughs> Good question. Any other questions? All right. I'm really glad you're here, Katie. And Katie is here the whole month, too. Um, she oh, yeah. She's got family here in town, and, and so just come by Benel if you, you know, want to get in touch, and we'll connect you all. Yeah. Thank you.